Hello, all you slut enthusiasts, fellow sluts and perverts. Welcome to the Slut Next Door podcast. And I am your Slut Next Door, Miss Beatrix. I am a taboo phone sex operator, audio porn creator, and just an overall slut who wants to talk about being a slut, kinks, fetishes, and all the dirty things that hide inside of our heads. Today, it's just me, and I'll be talking about the top 10 myths of fetish, fetishist, and sex work. If you are a super kinky person, this episode you will love. Now I want to take a moment to thank my Patreon supporters, Robert, Nick, Hale Murder Cube, BR, and Brent. Your support is so appreciated. I love you guys. Do you want to support the Slut Next Door? Check out patreon.com slash the Slut Next Door. One of the benefits of becoming a Patreon is hearing the uncensored after hours bonus episode. This week, I'll be posting a clip with just me that gives an insight into being a phone sex operator and audio creator. I also want to preface, I am so sorry for my voice. I'm having a bit of a cold coming on, but I'm sure you don't mind. So let's go ahead and hop into the episode. So we'll start with, um, this is going to be a list. Top 10 myths of fetishes, fetishists, and sex work. This was created by a very special perv and edited also by me. Um, so this is coming, you know, directly from the source, uh, from two people that are very much within fetish and porn and sex work. So with that said, I also want to put a disclaimer. I'm going to say it like over and over again. When I go through these myths, I know that some of these aren't going to apply to everyone. There are always bad actors in in anything, not just um, within the fetish world, but also in regular vanilla world. So uh, just keep that in mind. I will remind you a billion times throughout this episode, probably, but let's go ahead and hop into them. So myth number 10 is this. Indulging in sexual fantasies always means that you want to act that way in real life. No, this is a myth. Maybe it means that and maybe it doesn't. Again, that disclaimer I said, um, some people are bad people. They're bad characters with bad intentions. But the truth is, is that We all fantasize every single day, sexually and non-sexually. You may be, you know, sitting in traffic and someone cuts you off and really pissed you off and you may fantasize about ramming your car into theirs. Uh, That's fantasy. You're not going to do it. It just feels good to think about it because you're angry in the moment. It's the same thing with sex. Um, you may fantasize about things that are like really fucking naughty and that's okay. As long as you're not, um, wanting to bring actual harm into someone in real life, then that's okay. The overwhelming majority of fantasies, sexual fantasies, uh, are never acted upon or even considered to be acted upon. So, you know, Entertaining your sexual fantasies inside of your head does not always equal that you want to act that way in real life. Uh, For example, we'll bring it to BDSM. There's tons of people that participate in BDSM, you know, in real life and also maybe just in porn or, you know, inside of their head. And uh, you take like a sadist. You know, so a sadist is someone that it really turns them on. It brings them sexual satisfaction to bring pain onto others. And keep in mind in BDSM, if you're practicing safely, you're only giving that pain to someone that wants it. But 
you know, if, if these people, if a sadist fantasizes about uh, bringing pain to someone, it doesn't mean that they're going to walk down the street and like beat everyone that they see. They're going to do it in a safe, consensual manner. Or there might be someone that a man or a woman that really gets off on the idea of tying someone down to where that person can't move, you know, can't do anything and they get to have their way with them. Um, that's a sexual fantasy or it can happen in real life, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean that they're going to walk up to someone, you know, in the grocery store and tie them to the vegetable counter and have their way with them. Um, that because they have that fantasy, because they like to think about that, because they like to masturbate thinking about that, um, in their real life, their everyday life, they're not going to be, um, you know, sadists, crazy people just tying anyone up. They're going to do that if they do it in real life. Um, they're going to do it in a, in a safe way. Um, you know, I'll tie it to this too. Uh, there's tons of people into DDLG, uh, dad, daughter role play. Um, you know, if I'm to say as an adult woman, um, oh my gosh, I really, I really want to like be taken by my father. I want him to, to, uh, fuck me or even just incest. If there's a man that says, oh yeah, I want to be fucked by mommy. <clears throat> this does not equal that they want to have sex with their dad or their mom in real life. Um, it's a fantasy. It's fun to think about for them. Um, it, it just doesn't mean that. And I'm taken back to something that Victor from the Porn Dude said when I talked to him on the previous episode. Um, you know, if, again, I'll go back to say this. Let's say I like to fantasize about my father, you know, and if you were to ask me, uh, okay, Miss Beatrix, do you want to actually have sex with your father? I'm going to say no. And then you should think in your head, okay, that's cool. We can role play that. I mean, it, it becomes a problem if you're fantasizing about something and you can, you can say, oh, I do. I do want to do that harm in real life. Okay. That's when it becomes a problem. Uh, you take <clears throat> also another great example is blackmail role play. There's a lot of men and women into blackmail role play. I've given blackmail role play sessions. So because we're fantasizing about this and having fun with each other in this way, it does not mean that I want to blackmail someone in real life. No, I don't at all. Ever. Like it's, it's fun. It makes me feel empowered and you know, it's something that that person wants. It, it turns them on to play within this role play. So because we are two consenting adults that are fantasizing about, uh, blackmail that may feel real, but isn't real. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. That doesn't mean that I'm going to blackmail them. It may not mean that they want to actually be blackmailed. They just want to have that feeling. They want to feel, you know, some kind of like fear or get the adrenaline adrenaline rush from it. Um, and I can say, because I've done it, that it's fun. It's really fun to play that role because I feel super powerful and in charge and, uh, yeah, it turns me on to do it, but I'm not going to blackmail in real life for several reasons. It's illegal. And also I don't want to harm someone in real life. I just want to make them, um, horny, <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, myth number 10, indulging in your sexual fantasies always means that you want to act that way in real life. That is completely false. And we shouldn't be afraid of our sexual fantasies. Um, okay. So number nine myth, some sexual fantasies are dangerous. Now, <clears throat> while some fantasies that others have may depict 
dangerous things. And there's a thing that's, that's what makes it exciting for them is that it is, you know, perceived to be dangerous and that that's the lore of it. That's the fun of it. But there's, you know, no link has ever shown that fantasies predict actual dangerous behavior. In fact, to the contrary, fantasies may provide a healthy outlet for people who have, you know, attractions to dangerous things in real life. It gives them that chance to explore that side of themselves and then they put it down. And then it's not something that ever becomes a dangerous thing. How can it be dangerous for a person to be within their own home alone, touching themselves, thinking about something that turns them on? Where is the danger in that? And again, I'll go back to the disclaimer that I'm always going to use for a lot of these is we all know, we all can agree that this isn't a hundred percent like always true. There's bad actors. There's really bad people out there that have sexual fantasies that are dangerous, but then the bad part is they actually want to act them out and that that's fucked up. And no, I will never, ever support that. I will never, ever say that's okay. But you know, if you have a fantasy, I'll take my own self. Okay. I'm going to throw this out there. I have sexual fantasies and a lot of women do. A lot of women do. I mean, I I don't have any like scientific backing, but from interacting with women, we all almost share the same fantasies. We want to feel that danger of being in a rape kind of role play where we like feel like we're getting raped, but we're not getting raped because we agreed to it. Um, Again, role play fantasy. Um, you know, that's danger. Like getting raped is obviously something no one ever wants to happen in real life. But in the bedroom, what is wrong with me touching myself, thinking about that or finding a partner that can give that kind of feeling to me, a partner that loves and trusts and um, respects me? What is wrong with them coming in and role playing that they are going to do that, um, that they are going to rape me and give me that kind of feeling. Um, how is this dangerous? It's not, it's not dangerous at all. Um, it's dangerous when, you know, if there was a man or a woman that said, yeah, I love to jerk off or rub myself thinking about raping others. And then I'm going to, I'm going to do this eventually. I'm going to, I'm going to rape someone that no, 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 no. That is dangerous. What isn't dangerous is if they think I like to touch myself thinking about raping people, but I would never, ever do that to someone, you know, that's not within me. There's nothing wrong with that. It's within their own, you know, it's in their own mind and world, right? So there you go. Myth number nine, some sexual fantasies are dangerous. Myth number eight, sex workers are fucked up, damaged people. So this is completely wrong. And I'm not saying that I'm, you know, some like super 100% well-adjusted woman, we all have things that are fucked up in our lives. That's just part of the human experience. However, because I do what I do, you know, create uh, audios and, and do phone sex, it does not mean that I'm broken or fucked up and damaged. It just means that this is what I do for work. Uh, you know, it's luckily we're, we're living in a world where you know, it's changing. And I think people don't automatically see sex workers as, you know, broken and, and fucked up. Um, and I like that because, you know, as they say out there, sex work is work, but, um, you know, there are like the disclaimer, this isn't always true. There are broken and damaged sex workers for sure. But just like, 
there are damaged and broken accountants or damaged and broken uh, airplane pilots. Like it doesn't, you know, just because you do sex work does not mean you're a fucked up person. That's a myth. Um, myth number seven, perverts are dangerous and creepy. Okay, so I feel very strongly strongly about this because I work with them every single day. And this is quite the opposite. The truth is quite opposite. There are, I'll just say this. So when I started sex work, I started um, on Night Flirt where I did a lot of femdom calls. And I wouldn't call them perverts. I would just call them submissive, uh, kinky people. Right. And so now I work in the taboo setting and, um, they're all perverts and I love the pervert community. I love my supporters. Like they are so kind. They are so respectful. They are just lovers of, you know, my craft and other people's craft that do the same thing. Um, they are not at all dangerous or creepy. They're in fact, some of them that I get to know very well are, are just regular fucking people, like super regular. Uh, you know, they go to work, pay taxes, contribute to society. They would help little old ladies walk across the street. You know, they're sweet, sweet guys. Now they're is a small minority and I've come across them that are like super dangerous and fucking creepy. Yes, there are those out there, but I'm telling you, majority of perverts are just normal dudes that like perverted things when they jerk off. Uh, you know, and a lot of them don't even consider looking at illegal things or doing illegal things. They are just normal people. Like, yes, some perverts are dangerous and creepy. Like Jeffrey Dahmer, complete pervert. And he was definitely dangerous and creepy. But I can show you a community of thousands of people where majority of that community are the complete opposite. They're safe and really sweet. So that is a huge myth. And I am here to always preach that. I love my perverts. Um, myth number six, fetishist and fetish events can be dangerous. So this is a complete fucking myth completely. Now, I've never been to one. I've never been to a fetish event that was dangerous, but I'm sure they're out there. I'm not going to discredit that. I'm sure they're out there, but I have been to several fetish events, clubs, um, parties, you know, things of that nature that are highly, uh, uh, they're, they're super fetish events. These are the places where I have felt the most safe. I'll bring up my local BDSM club. It is such a fabulous place. I cannot rave about it enough, but, um, you know, you go into this club and, um, there's plenty of spaces where people can do, uh, public scenes. So like, let's say there's a man and a woman and the man spanking the woman. So they're out out in the middle of the room and you know the guy's doing his thing she's doing her thing and people can watch there's a rule there's very clear rules one of them is that um i can't remember the exact amount of feet but let's just say it's 10 feet um people that are watching a scene have to be 10 feet away from that scene like they're it would never be allowed. It would never be allowed if someone was walking by um, a woman getting spanked and they just decided to like grab her ass. That would never, ever happen. And here's why the members of that community would protect that woman tooth and nail. 
And there's also like moderators walking around the room, people that volunteer their time. And what they do is they watch for these things. If someone gets too close to the scene, they tell them to back up. They're watching the people that are receiving, you know, spankings or whatever. And if they see any kind of um, behavior that looks suspicious, they're going to check in with that person and say, hey, are you okay? Like they're there to protect people and make sure rules are being followed. So, you know, this is a BDSM club with very extreme things happening with the most safe rules. Um, I, I'll bring up going to swinger events, like swinger sex clubs. People are so respectful there. And like you've got sex happening, happening all over the place. I mean, just people are naked. People are fucking, people are touching each other, but there would never be the places that I've been to. If someone wants to participate with you, they're going to ask, like I've been asked before, like I'm walking around in lingerie and I've been asked, hi, do do you mind if I give you a hug or do you mind if I give you a compliment? Like always asking permission, you know, no one's ever going to walk by and grab someone's ass because I'm telling you the members of that community would not let it happen. It would not happen. Um, you know, and, but so you can go to a, like just a regular dance club per se, you know, that's not fetish related or kink related. Chances are you might get your ass grabbed. You might, uh, you know, have some, as a woman, you might have some man say something super fucking inappropriate. So disrespectful. Um, I will say with confidence that fetish events are so much more safer than these public places that anyone can go to. So that is a, a huge myth, huge, huge myth. And the fetishists, the people that are participating in these, you know, extreme kinky circles and clubs and events and online, um, are generally majority super safe people that really, you know, um, work from a place of, of rules and ethics. Uh, I would say, and me and Victor talked about this on the last episode that the, the extreme fetish circles are, are born and created from rules, like very clear and concise rules and best practices. You know, you can't get any safer than that when, when places and people are functioning from that level, it's so not dangerous. You know, I've met plenty of sadists that, that love to bring pain. I mean, they have some crazy implements spanking implements, you know, paddles, whips, uh, needle play, shock play, like electric play. And they are some of the sweetest, sweetest people that are going to gather what you want. And they're not just going to like walk around whipping you without setting up some kind of you know, scenario and setting up your limits and setting up what you want. Uh, you know, it's just these people, these events are not dangerous at all. And, you know, if you're thinking, well, you know, uh, there's probably some that aren't safe out there. Yes, I agree. But usually these kinds of places have at least a website or, you know, something online, check it out. I mean, they're going to, they're going, the websites or their discord or, you know, their FetLife community page will 
inform you if they have rules and, and clear expectations. All right. Myth number five, sex workers are impossible to date. No, they're not. Now I will say that, um, if you're going to date a sex work, sex worker, you need to be very comfortable that your partner is going to be interacting with people all day. There's going to be people flirting with them and your partner is going to flirt back. Um, and because they're flirting back does not mean that they're trying to date this person. It's simply business, you know, it's simply work. Um, but yeah, they have to be comfortable if you're going to date a sex worker that lots of people are going to like lust after them, you know, and give them attention that, that I think would be the, probably one of the biggest things to consider if you're going to even think about dating a sex worker. But yeah, we're not impossible to date. I, I, myself, I'll say, I'll bring this, um, on a personal level. I have like, I am super, super kinky, super filthy. Um, but I also have a really, really soft, mushy side. I have needs like, you know, a lot of women do, uh, you know, the, the sex work and, my kinky side do not define me. It's part of my definition, but it's not everything. Um, I am very, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm dateable. So yeah, uh, that's a huge miss. Sex workers are impossible to date, but there does need to have like some clear communication. Like, Hey, if you, uh, see me flirting by chance, you know, if you're looking at my messages or if you're, you know, looking at the sites that I work on, yeah, you're going to see me flirt with people, but it doesn't mean anything like, you know, I'm just doing my job. <laughs> it's a, it's a work hazard, if you will. Um, so yeah, uh, myth number four, taboo sex content is illegal. And when I say taboo sex content, I'm talking about grown adults that are either on camera or doing audios talking about taboo themes. Okay. Um, this kind of content is not illegal. Is it frowned upon? Yes. Is it being shunned often? Yes. And I would say that there is a huge disconnect. People don't understand this kind of content. So it, you know, is it disturbs them. They don't try to understand that. Again, I'll go back to the, the myth earlier that some sex, sexual fantasies are dangerous. They don't understand that, you know, a sexual fantasy is not dangerous. This is just simply a grown woman or man talking about taboo themes. It doesn't make it illegal. Now, if someone's creating content, that's like, here's the steps to, you know, doing something dangerous. Well, yeah, that, that, that's not cool. That's, you know, educational. And that's not what taboo sex content is. We're talking about taboo um, videos, taboo audios. There's no crime being committed when a grown woman or a grown man is talking about something. Um, it's, it's completely legal. And what's sad is that there's a lot of places online that are shunning and deplatforming, um, creators that create this type of content. And it's really sad. Um, you, you know, if you ever log on to Pornhub or X videos or whatever, you'll see if you're looking up taboo content, there is the word step, like stepdad, stepmom, stepson, stepdaughter. <clears throat> well, that's because if I'm, if I'm a grown woman and I made a video where it's just me. And I'm saying, you know, I'm talking in fantasy role play that, you know, I'm, I'm with a dildo and I'm like, I'm being fucked by my dad. 
right? And so if I, in that video, I'm saying, oh, daddy and daughter, uh, they will not allow me to post that, but they will allow me to post, oh, stepdaddy, fuck me harder. Fuck your daughter's pussy harder or your stepdaughter's pussy harder. Uh, that's, <laughs> it's so silly. It really is so silly. Um, there's reasons why it's happening. And honestly, um, I don't know too much, but I do know it's because of credit card companies. They, um, you know, I believe they can't support content that has incest in it. Well, you know, these videos are not actual family members fucking it never is and majority of them are solo people it's a solo female in her dildo like how is that incest you know um it's a fantasy some people love to um enjoy incest fantasy content uh you know so this doesn't make it illegal. Taboo sex content is not illegal. What is illegal? We all know what's illegal. And the slut next door, Miss Beatrix, and I'm sure you will never, ever support that kind of content. Ever. Um, yeah, that's criminal, illegal, and gross. So anyways, uh, myth number three enjoying taboo content means you are bad. I am so passionate about this. Um, as you've probably noticed on this podcast, or if you interact with me in online communities, no, this is a huge myth because you like taboo content doesn't mean you're a bad person. I am a lover of taboo content and I like taboo because it, it feels bad and it feels transgressive, but it's fantasy, you know, it's fantasy in my head. I would never, ever do things that I talk about or may find arousing in an audio. Never, never. Um, you know, it, behavior can be bad if, if you're, if you're um, doing taboo behavior in real life, yes, that's fucking terrible. But thoughts about behavior and fantasy are not bad. They're not bad at all. And again, I'm going to reference um, Victor from the previous episode. I loved how he said this. Um, you know, he was like, if two 40 year olds are in their bedroom and they're having sex and one of them is talking about, you know, being a younger person, what the, what is wrong with that? These are two 40 year olds having sex with each other, not involving anyone else, not planning on involving anyone else. Uh, there's nothing wrong happening there at all. So if you like taboo content, and I run into this all the time, um, you know, I'll see people in the community, I guess they come over when they're horny or jerking off or whatever, and then they'll have that post that clarity and they'll just delete everything. And you know what happens? They come back over and over and over again. <laughs> they keep coming back. It's like a vicious cycle. I really wish these people would just accept that they like to jerk off to taboo ideas. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that because when you jerk off and you come to it, you may have this moment of post not clarity like, oh, that was weird. But then you're like, okay, <laughs> like that was weird, but it was really fun. All right. Um, myth number two. Porn causes sexual relationship problems and or mental health problems. So I'm going to preface this by saying that I'm not talking about this. This is what I'm not talking about. I understand that, you know, young people or even older, and I'm talking young adults, young adults 
and even older than that can watch porn. And if they're not sexually um, experienced, they may have really terrible ideas of what sex is supposed to be because all they've seen is porn. So I'm not talking about that. I do realize that porn causes, um, you know, unrealistic ideas about sex. What I'm talking about is porn use, consuming porn. There is stigma around people that watch a lot of porn. Let's take the example of a married man. Okay. A married man that watches a whole lot of porn. Okay. And, you know, someone might say, well, uh, he's just like has a sex addiction or a porn addiction. Um, the truth is, is that, you know, if he's watching porn every day, multiple times a day, uh, he does have an addiction going on, but it's not the porn itself. What it is, the real issue is underneath all that, way underneath that, that that person needs to figure out with their partner or within themselves. It may be sexual shame, religious values about porn, insecure relationship dynamic with their partner unsatisfying sex life with their partner or pre-existing sexual problems. That is the issue. The porn isn't the issue. Um, porn is a, is a source of entertainment, you know, and there's a lot of people out there that this is outside of the, um, married man, uh, example. And it uh, actually it could apply to some marriages, but there are people out there, especially single people that are starving for some kind of human interaction and, and sexual interaction. And so for whatever reason, they're not able to get that. Well, guess what they can do? They can turn on porn and they get to feel or experience sex or they get hold of a sex worker and they get their sexual satisfaction and their human interaction satisfied that way. These things are not causing sexual relationship problems or mental health problems. I would argue that when used correctly, these things can um, promote healthier mental health. Um, So there's actually a really nice server out there, a discord server, and I might be ruining the name of it, but it's called Anya and they are based around porn addiction. Well, not even porn addiction, more so masturbating. And so, you know, it's for people that masturbate a lot and they all get together and they masturbate together and they, and they talk about kind of like their addiction to masturbating. They're figuring it out. They're having discussions about it, uh, things of that nature. And so I think that's really, really cool. We're not, I think as a society, like looking at the right things, we're not looking at the core of, you know, shame and sex or, you know, if, if it's a relationship, the relationship, um, the, the sexual relationship there's, I mean, I, I was in this situation myself, like in a, uh, years ago in a sexual, well, I'm sorry, let me back up. Not a sexual. I was in a committed relationship where I couldn't be myself sexually. That was a problem. So I was watching, you know, porn to satisfy that side of myself because I was afraid of, um, approaching my partner with it. That, that is the problem right there. Me not feeling, um, open enough to go to him about my sexual fantasies and my sexual 
um, taste. The porn wasn't the problem. The porn was just the escape. The porn was the fulfillment that I could have gone to him and I eventually did about, you know, my, the missing pieces of my sex life with him. So yeah, porn causes sexual relationship problems and mental health problems. I think it's totally a myth. Uh, porn is not the problem. Porn is the problem for other things. Like I said, with, with, uh, young adults watching growing up on porn, probably, and then getting these terrible, terrible ideas around it, around what sex should be. The problem there is poor sex education. Uh, parents should be talking to their kids about sex. Like, you know, because sex is so easily can be accessed by anyone of any age. And that's scary. That is a scary thought. So, you know, it should be as a society, our responsibility to be, um, to better educate our young people about sex. Um, you know, I'm not fighting that, that problem. I'm sorry. I'm not fighting that, but I believe, I believe that in that, I believe in better sex education as a society. Um, but you know, the other thing I wanted to bring up is that porn can be a problem as we learned with, um, Victor from the porn dude on this, on the previous podcast episode, there's a lot of terrible things happening behind the scenes in porn, women getting abused, women getting trapped into really shitty situations. That is a problem. Yes. Um, with myth number two, I'm talking about porn consumption, you know, solo porn consumption. Porn is not a problem is my point. Um, myth number one, watching porn leads to sexual offending and sexual violence towards women. This is so wrong. And here's my disclaimer. I know that there are some people out there that this is true, but I can see a majority. I have interacted with a majority that this is completely opposite. Uh, proper research consistently proves the opposite that watching porn and masturbating is not pathological and does not indicate psychological problems. Several scientific research studies have shown that people watching porn do not have misogynistic views towards women compared to those not watching porn. And there's actually some research that even shows that men that like high consumers of porn have a tendency to have even more empathetic views towards women. And again, I know there's some men that watch porn, vanilla porn, and they then view woman in a very negative light and are very misogynistic. I understand that, but majority of these porn consumers are just watching it for entertainment, for masturbating. It, it's nothing bad. It's not breeding sexual offenders. You know, I, I have to bring this up. It was so, it blew my mind. Okay. So I create, uh, sometimes I create misogyny, role play, fantasy audios. So I had hopped onto Reddit recently. I was not really, or have ever been active in that community in the audio gone wild community. And I posted some of my misogyny content, <clears throat> very proud of it. And I got a lot of attention, positive and negative, but there were a group of women that really fucking shunned me for creating this content. They were trying to tell me that, you know, this, this breeds misogyny in men. And I think they even use the words, it kills women. Uh, at these, these people reported my account saying that I was suicidal. They kept saying that I needed mental health. And what they don't understand is that I am the most 
probably one of the most empowered women on Reddit. I love being a woman. I support women. I am very independent. Uh, I could spend the rest of my life alone as a woman and I know I would kick ass. So I do not need any kind of mental health because I'm making content that fetishizes, you know, something that makes me turned on and something that turns other men on, you know, these, they're trying to say that I'm feeding monsters. No, no, you need to get yourself educated and you need to understand that this is a fucking fantasy. This is for fun. It makes me feel good and I'm an empowered woman, but sometimes I like to feel submissive to men. So, you know, fuck off with that. That it really, really pissed me off. And I will give uh, Audio Gone Wild some credit. The mods really fought for me. You know, they fought off um, or supported my post. You know, they were like, hey, this woman clearly tagged her audio. I tagged it. Um, to the T, you know, explaining that there's going to be misogyny role play. There's going to be self degradation, you know, all those things. So if you don't like that, move the fuck on, don't press play. And the mod team was very supportive of that. But, um, these girls, I'm just like, (laughs) it blew me away. I'm telling you. So, you know, that this ties into it that, you know, men listening to my audio about misogyny role play is not going to breed a sexual offender and it's not going to breed sexual violence towards women. Now, again, that disclaimer I keep talking about, I know that doesn't apply to everyone. There's men out there that have terrible problems, you know, uh, but this kind of content generally, it's just fun for men to listen to. It's fun for women to listen to. It's a fucking fetish. (laughs) So, um, yeah, porn does not lead and does not breed extreme violence. Um, I, I have gotten to know many people very intimately that, you know, enjoy some extreme legal content and they are starving for respecting a woman. They are starving for intimacy with a woman, but they may be watching porn, uh, on the side where, you know, the porn is centered around, uh, degrading the woman. It does not, I mean, obviously that's it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting a little like uh, heated because it just it's annoying when people are not educated and they're they have these blinders on. Um, I keep just thinking about those silly Reddit girls. It, <sighs> yeah, that's my myth number one. Those are all my myths. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed them. Um. Uh, another thank you to, you know, actually, since you guys know him, uh, if you listen to the podcast regularly, a big thank you to Nick. He's the one that, uh, created this list. I only replaced one of these myths. I thought he did a amazing job coming up with these. I agreed with every single one. I felt passionate about every single one. Um, Again, I will always, and it's one of the reasons I created this podcast, I will always support safe and legal taboo content consumption, and I will always support fetish communities. So, um, yeah, this one was a important episode for me to create. Um, I hope you enjoyed it as well. But I do want to thank you so much for listening to my episode. Are you enjoying the Slut Next Door 
I would love if you came to my Discord server and really just told me about that. Uh, you can tell me publicly or privately, whatever you're comfortable with. Um, but in my Discord server, you can ask listener questions. You can get to know me and others. Um, I just started this morning a discussion board that, um, you know, goes episode by episode. So I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments, discussions on these episodes. If you want to come join us, you can find the Discord server at discord.gg slash slutnextdoor. Or you can follow me on Twitter at slut underscore next underscore door. And also don't forget you can support me on Patreon. Find the slut next door on Patreon. So um, if you're listening to this uh, around the time that I posted, happy holidays and um, see you next time. Bye.